Hello, welcome to Britpop Banter. My name is Kevin. And I'm Leslie. How are you? Hmm. Okay. I'm Just a bit dishevelled. You said that? Dishevelled, like all at sea. Because I, <laughs> I planned to leave work early. Yep. And then the phone rang, shouldn't have answered it. Shouldn't have answered it. Then it all just went all, all over the show. Get in the car, meeting up to the shops, need to pick up some beer, need to come back, have something to eat. We've got to record this, we've got to go to the sea ride. I haven't even got chains, I've still got my shirt on. <laughs> oh, I just, yeah. Yeah, I I'm just yeah, empathise oh. with you, it's been a tough day for me too. It might take me a couple of, it might take me a good... Couple of beers? Ten minutes to get into this now, <laughs> I just want to put the warning out. I'm on the polar opposite. I've I've I um finished on time. Great traffic tonight. Listening to Paul Weller on the way Lovely. here. Lovely. Beautiful when there's no traffic. And um I've hit the pub, so I'm uh, relatively relaxed Jeez. and ready to go. This is episode thirty six, it is number sixteen, Paul Weller Wildwood. Is this the point you start crying or no, later yet. in the podcast? Not yet. Not yet? Not yet. It's coming though, isn't it? Yeah, because it's not sunk in yet. Because I'm still a little You're bit... You're still in yeah. work mode, haven't settled in. Still your first beer. Yeah. I reckon two beers in, we talk about some of the lyrics. You're gone. <laughs> 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 All right, let's get into it. So Facebook and uh, Twitter, we're at Britpop Banter. Email us at BritpopBanter at gmail.com. Ratings... Uh, reviews, questions, guilty pleasures, send us the bands you want us to help for some tracks. All views expressed on this podcast are 100% our own, and while we poke fun at some bands and artists, we appreciate their talent and sacrifice to create these albums. We've got the Boo Radley's Britpop one-liners! I cannot! <laughs> also, we've got the Divine Comedy uh, challenge as well. So, it's a double whammy. I can't wait to get your opinions on that. Last week, Blue Tones, Expecting to Fly. Your thoughts on that? Um, a few people surprised it's chart position. Right, yeah. Yeah, it's going to get worse. But um, yeah, carry on. Which doesn't, that didn't surprise me. Um, As in, it's too, what do you it's mean? It's probably it, not high enough. High, okay, right. Um, people speak so fondly of the Blue Tones though, don't they? And we've got, we are going to do the Blue Tones. Um, one liners So fondly It's so nice People love the Blue Tones And they have really fond memories And some of the Just memories of the It's just lovely They're just I didn't In fact No one has a bad word to say about them Nah Lovely Because what could you say? I don't know Lovely Do they write bad songs? No Are they annoying? No Are they arseholes? No Well I don't know no, he's are not. they nice guys? Are they good songwriters? Do they yeah. live? Do they contact their fans? Did they have just a terrible breakup? Did they rip each other off? Did they decide to do a solo gig using their actual band songs without the band's permission and yet sell it out? No. I'm gonna get into that, but it's a great segue. Uh, so we're gonna cover the Blue Tones one-liners next week. We're on the Boo Radleys. I asked for Boo Radleys. We've got Boo Radleys, so I can't wait to get your. Am I reading them? Yeah, you are. Of course you are. It's Leslie's little segment. So we've been charting, which is great. I can't believe it. (laughs) Like, I actually can't. So... Can we just pause and just hold on? And I just want... I know a minute silence if somebody dies, but I feel like it should be a minute silence for the fact that I actually can't get my head around it. 
So it's amazing. Yeah. So Apple Apple changed the way they categorise podcasts, and I just sort of ignored that. And then I looked into God it and, went, and I went, oh God, I actually really need to do this. So we actually had to recategorize this podcast. So since then, so literally in a week, we've done this. Number 35 in the UK, number 37 in Ireland, right? Number 73 in the USA, number 64 in Australia, wait for it. But then we moved up 20 spots and we went to number 41. We actually went up. Insane! Oh, thank uh, you, everyone, for listening. Thank you so so much. Uh, Spotify, there's a bit of a lag in the time frames, but number ninety four in New Zealand. And I was like, ah, that's oh, yeah. cool. And then I went, I like to have a little look, a cheeky look at what's in the charts and and see. Do right? you think it was me listening to it in Auckland? <laughs> maybe, maybe. But we're one slot up above from a brand new entry from. Judge Jules. No way! That's <laughs> yes, God. Judge Jules warm up. The judge won't budge. It's more one. Well, he's not going to budge now because we are above him. Insane. So thank you for that. The second big news and and why I'm a couple of beers in. We hit ten thousand. And what did I give you? I gave you cheese. I cheese and crackers, didn't I? I'm, I'm going to post a little plate later. <laughs> But 10 grand. Well done, buddy. Woo-hoo. Congratulations. Cheers. Very, very happy about it. Thank you to everyone. This is way beyond what we ever expected. So thank you so, so, so much. So the 10 listeners that have listened, it saved us listening 9,990 <laughs> times. <laughs> Brilliant. Really, really happy about that. Now, you talked about the gene piece. I did. Right, so they sold... Well, that's a subtle dick. Not that subtle. <laughs> so, you're right. He sold it out. I know. How would you be? So last week we talked about you know the fact that Martin's gone on his own, done a, a sort of last sort of concert hurrah ever, uh, and he's going to be playing Gene songs. Gene are not involved in this whatsoever. Had no recollection mm-hmm. of this at all, and it sold out. And there was various opinions about it. Go on. So some people were, well, to be fair, there's some of his songs anyway. Is it any different? Some people were like, yeah, but. The way he announced it, that's the dig. That's the dig. Um, I mean, if he's got songwriting rights to mm-hmm. those songs, it's, he can sing them if he wants. Correct. I think it's, for me, it's the way he marketed, it's the way they went to market. So it's like he he made it like this big song and dance, and then it got announced. He teased it, didn't he, for weeks. Yeah. And he's, he's positioning it as Gene more than him. Like if it was, you know how some, let's say for example, Liam or Noel, they, they, they do their album live okay. and then they will throw in the Odd Oasis song because quite rightly they wrote them and that's their property, yeah. intellectual property. Yeah. But they don't, Noel Gallagher doesn't go, so it's Noel Gallagher and his High Flying Birds playing Oasis. Good point. Yeah. Okay. So I go, that's where I got the problem. I don't have the problem <clears> with him singing songs that he was he contributed to at all. I have a problem with the fact that he is... He sold it on the premise it's Gene mm. and it's not Gene. Well, so there was the big hoo-ha about... So Gene, I read out the statement last week about what Gene had to say. So Martin responded. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you saw this, but this is yep. his official Facebook statement. I just wanted to say that I simply think it would be fun at the age of 50 to play these songs one last time at what I am considering a retirement do. 
To the fans, if you would like to come to the gig, I would love to see you there. But if you'd rather not, I completely understand. In keeping the personal personal, all I'll say is I'm not pretending that this is a gene show. Just being transparent about the songs I'd like to celebrate one more time. That's all. Everyone involved in the writing of the songs will get PRS checks. The concert has sold out now. So, I mean... I don't know if it's about the checks, though. Like, I don't know if it's about it's that. It's not about the money, is it? I, mean, and I, I have no idea Because they much... would get that anyway. I mean, surely that's how it works. I don't know how much money you'd get. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's the point zero 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 one cents that Spotify gives you every time you play a song. It's not much. No. But you're right, it's the principle, right? Yeah. To be fair, if we redid this show in season two and I kicked you out and I got someone else, you would earn a grand amount of... F all, because we have nothing on this podcast. And you'd have no listeners. I would not, that is true. <laughs> you maybe have some. You'd have Divine Comedy fans, Boo Radley fans, <laughs> Cooler Shaker fans and Reef fans. And then you'd all sit around and have your little fandom of all your crap music. <laughs> so that would be nice. We've got a review. Anything else on Gene? You done? Yeah. I don't know if his statement convinced me enough otherwise, is my point. So... You asked me last episode if I would go, and I went, a bit tight, depends on how much, right? Just because I went, eh, and I, I, was, I was half in the, that annoys me, and half versus I'd, I think it'd be a great show, mm-hmm. right? So I was half-half. For you, would you go? Nah. No matter the cost. 20 bucks less, Martin Roster and concert. Am I women? Am I morals? <laughs> and my word. <laughs> and I... What if I bought you a ticket? Right, so I oh. paid for it. said, come on, we'll go to this gig. You would go. No. You, you would not go. You're no. such a liar. I wouldn't. <laughs> right, okay, moving on. Review. Yeah. We got a lovely Oh no, review. I read it. Lovely. It was so yeah. nice. So the title is, It Just Occurred to Me, and five out of five. I realised that I've heard every episode whether I like the featured album or not. Kevin Les, you've become welcome company to me during my working week. Keep up the good work. I love the dynamic between you two. I feel like I'm hanging out with friends when I'm listening. Thanks. Johnny in Canada. Two episodes in a row. We've got people from Canada. Where are we chatting there? Surely it's hectic. Not enough, unfortunately. But that's lovely. That is seriously so nice. So thank you for writing that. It's lovely. I think you're going to get angry with the next segment. Oh, my God. My least favourite songs. Oh, really? Why would I get angry? Just you wait, pal. Just you wait. Right. My least Mm favourite. And the song that it literally annoys me every time I see it. I don't know if you're Regina Spector. You've Got Time, which is a theme song to Orange is the New Black. Yeah, that's annoying. That is the worst song I have... Animals, animals... Skip it. Skip intro. Thank God for Netflix. Skip intro. Terrible, terrible song. Number two. Proclaimers. 500 miles. No way, no. You're at it. Why? No, no, no. Because it's just... You've got this love-hate relationship with it. Let's be honest. It's love-hate. Come on. (laughs) You don't want to like it, but you know deep down in your heart... It you likes a wee fire. You know what's annoying? The, so- the song I don't mind, right? You have- 
in Australia, right? If that song comes on in a pub, um, they I'm are late. yeah, they, no, they are looking for the nearest Scottish bloke or lassie, and they'll go like, oh, it's your song, and you blush. Like, no, I go, I know, pal, and then I go for it. <laughs> it's annoying. It was. I did it at work too. Did I tell you about this? No. Work conference. True. It's the it's the whole company conference. So you've got about 700 people there. Let me, well, maybe a bit less. And it was in New Zealand. And they have like this a big awards night. And they have the whole thing. Then they have a DJ. Then they played 500 Miles. One of the directors is Scottish. You had to kill one. <laughs> find another Scottish person. Find another Scottish person. We then went up on the stage, which is meant to be for the award winners. And then I made everyone do a little, a wee jig. Little link arms. A little bit of a Scottish jig to that song. From that, and I feel now... That's always going to have to happen. It literally is the difference between me and you, isn't it? That that one song is the, the, the real difference. All right, number two. Number three, sorry. The Grease Megamix. Oh, my God. It's not even a real song. It's a song. It gets played. But is it a song or is it... Because it's a Megamix. It's not a song. But it'll get dropped. It'll get dropped. It's so and you bad. Blah, the, the I just, I'm just like a grease lightning. go Pieces of me die inside. That's it. Wake up, boo, by the Boo Radleys. Hundred <laughs> percent. Wake up, it's a shitty song. <laughs> so you gave me into trouble for listening to Lazarus. It was literally because I was listening to Wake Up Boo the minute before, and I went, "Is it really that bad?" Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yes, it, it is. is. Uh, Whitney Houston, I will always love you. Really? Oh, I can't stand it. Bittersweet memories, that is all I'm taking with me. <laughs> I think it's beautiful. Uh, baby Shark. That's the worst! <laughs> What is that? So can I tell you a prank? Like, a t- true story. I hate that song. My colleagues at work know I hate that song. Right? And basically what they've done is they have uh, put a Bluetooth speaker underneath my desk. Didn't know it was there. And throughout the day, we just oh. on very, very low volume play the Baby Shark song. And I was just all day, I'm like, who the... Kev... No sell it. Like just, just don't play it. Just, just keep working. Just keep working. Right? Don't pay any attention to I, it. I'd go mental all day. I'd go mental until literally at the end of the day. Bent over to pick my bag up. Saw the Bluetooth speaker. I was like, right. good prank though. Good prank. Good prank. Good prank. Have to call it. All right. Next. How you going with the list so far? You right with the list? Yeah, I'll come. You're gonna come back to it. Yeah, because yeah. Next. Blister in the Sun by the Violet Fence. Oh, it's the worst! It is the worst. I I worked in in an Irish bar. That got hammered every single... Not not even... The worst. People go nuts for it over here. You're going to hate this one. Hotel California. Can't stand it. Cannot stand it by the... I just can't... It annoys me so much. It's the most overrated song of all time. You're the most overrated song. <laughs> but the guitar- Are you kidding? Oh, so annoying. I don't know how this doesn't fall into your overplayed bracket. It is nah. so... 
don't know what you're talking about. Okay. Next. Celine Dion, My Heart Will Go On. <laughs> oh, yeah. We mean, really. The next one you'll love. The Time by the Black Eyed Peas. The dirty, that? That's the Dirty Dancing song. Oh, it's awful. <laughs> it's so bad. Because I... It's horrible. They nearly made mine with um, that humps. My humps. Oh, my lady lumps. The lady lumps. Or I don't think that's them. I think that's her. Is that that's her Fer- own? That's Fergie on her own. That's hideous. Right. Rock Lobster by the B-52s. What's that? A rock... Oh, my... What? It's hideous. All right, I could just feel the tweets. Come at me, because that is hideous. I never got the B-52s. That song... What's that song? I must know it. What? Okay, pause. Let's you just listen to that. That's really bad. It's pretty bad, huh? I think I kind of recognise it, but not really. Bow, 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 bow. I Next. mean, who like the B-52s anyway? Uh, do you like the B-52s? No. Oh, Come on. I don't get it. Love Shack. Which, oh, that should have been in my top ten. Should have been. Hideous. No, I'll take Love Shack over this. Share, believe. Oh, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> she opened the door to the vocoder. Oh, God, it's terrible. There was no need for that. Okay, so that's that's the lot. I wanted to talk to you about one more thing. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? There is a song that just irritates me to this day. Oh, no. And I can't get away from it. And you will kill me for it. Right? It's not that I don't... It's not. Don't get me wrong. Not in this league. Not in this league. But immediately when I hear this song, I turn off. Oasis. Wonderwall. Rock and roll star. Really? Can't stand it. I'm a rock and roll. Do you know why? And it's not that it's a bad song, but it just Oasis hammered that song every set. It's the first song on the playlist, guarantee. And I'll, I'll, I'll put twenty bucks on it. Liam's first song when we see him is going to be that. And I will literally run around Barry like <laughs> I'm the most mental person on the planet. I just—it's not a bad song. I'm just—I'm just—it's it, hammered. It's pushed down your throat. Move on. Controversially, I don't know why I'm about to share this. It, depending on the day or my mood, I feel a wee bit the same. Yeah, no, about Wonderwall. Oh, about Wonderwall. Well, Wonderwall, you said was really overplayed. You said that earlier. It was so important to me, and then I—it's weird. Some days I'll let it go, and then other days I go, I "Can't do this." Okay. Cool. So you're—I thought you would come. Out, I literally thought you would come. Out no, I think to preface that they're. My point, they're, office, they're obvious songs, sorry. I think I was looking for something a bit more... Really? Yeah, because they, I mean, who likes them? Well, that's, yeah, that's, but these like, are just really offensive to me. That's why I was yeah, like, okay. all right, okay. But good top ten. Thank you. Thank Apart you. from I mean, the you one, of that. A hotel, not a hotel car, that's controversial. We've talked about that. Um, all right, the challenge. You ready for this? I'll just get my notes. So... With, I gave you the option of putting this off. You said, no, no. Let's get Do you know what? Rip the band-aid off. Oh, is yeah. that how you feel about That's it? how I feel about it. May as well. Because we've got so many bloody challenges coming. <laughs> I love a challenge. I think this is... So, first of all... I do love a challenge, but you've got to rip the band-aid off. Imagine you said to me, do you have to do two of them in the one week? Yeah. I'd literally be rocking in my chair. So, what we're talking about here is the first... For First of all, Chris from the Soundtrack Podcast has sent us a challenge for the Divine Comedy, which we're about to get into... Next week, we've got a jazz challenge from Jody. Jody's jazz challenge, I'm calling it. And it's brilliant. 
I, I, just, I love the fact that people have gone to the effort to create playlists Me too. Me too. to send to us to get our feedback on. I just think I, I so yeah, appreciate Yeah, keep them that. coming. Oh, yeah, if you want to challenge us Hashtag anything, convictions, I'm not holding back. And that's the other piece to this component, okay? You're going to get an honest opinion from Les. I'll try and sugarcoat it. I'll try and wrap it up. No. Les, you've got It's not no in chance. my DNA, kid. It's not, it's not. No. But it really isn't, is it? No. I don't even know if I could have tried. You Let me try. This is what I deal with. So, shall we get into... I'll try today. Let me see if it sounds genuine. So, Divine Comedy, right? And to be fair, Chris didn't give us much songs. Didn't go a, a full full playlist. No, no, ten, I think, wasn't it? Ten. It was yeah. ten. So, we had The Best of the Divine Comedy by, by Chris. We had Absent Friends, Bad Ambassador, Love What You Do, Perfect Love Song. Everybody knows, Gin Soaked Boy, I've Been to a Marvellous Party... Can't wait to talk about that. Songs of Love, A Lady of Certain Age, and Tonight We Fly. Leslie, overall, how would you feel about that? Um, I hated it. <laughs> oh, sorry, I was meant to sugar. Um, I found it um, intriguing. I found it interesting. Challenging. Challenging. I really critiqued the quality of the music. I was pleasantly surprised at the fact that it wasn't... Um, 12 songs. Um, yeah. Um <laughs> The effort that Chris went into, um, you know, made me dance with joy when I listened to each track. Let's cut to the chase. Let's rip this band-aid off. So let's get into Awful. Absent Friends. Yeah, right, so I just, I'm just going to go over them to my notes because I think this is just going to cure everything, right? Absent Friends. So Kev put it in a nice little table for me. Thank you. Which like. is helpful. So I wrote my thoughts. <laughs> my thoughts are as follows. His voice is annoying. I dislike this. This is garbage. Three out of ten. For Absent Friends? Yeah. Okay. Not bad, actually. Enjoyed. It's a bit of a foot tapper. I like the piano. Seven out of ten. Seven? Mm-hmm. But remember, baseline is... Is it I because you're pals with Chris? I like Chris. But... Park base- I like Chris too. Park it, park it. No, no. Baseline is, I don't mind the Divine Comedy. We've talked about I don't mind the Divine Comedy. Their latest album is terrible. But I don't mind them. I don't... And you just, you just hate them. Right, okay, keep going. Bad Ambassador. Not too bad. Oh. I actually like this. Six out of ten. <sighs> Enjoyed this too, especially the chorus. Great lyrics and vocals. I love the strings aspect. Seven and a half. And if you believe that, you're mental. <laughs> no, that's actually true. <laughs> no, I do. That's that. Honestly, didn't mind that song. So, Chris... Mission accomplished. You don't mind a Divine Comedy song. Don't mind it. Not too bad. Not too bad. Quite like this. Six out of ten. That's good. I think. I think we can all take that as a win. Uh, love what you do. Again, not too bad. Okay, not my favourite. Five out of ten. Nice baseline. Beautiful chorus. Eight out of ten. Perfect love song. Really average. Plinky plonky. Don't like it. Four out of ten. Like this too. There's a great line. In there, we'll make love to each other till we're half dead. Seven out of ten. Oh, gross. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I'd be it, half dead just by putting the song on. Right? Oh, everybody knows except you. Not the worst. Catchy. Massively cheesy. Four and a half out of ten. Like this song, his voice is great here. Seven out of ten. Gin soaked boy. Average, still not a big fan. Catchy at the beginning, five out of ten. Worst song so far. Worst song so far. Didn't like this at all. Five out of ten. 
we give the same rating. Oh, uh, what do we got? I've been to a marvellous party. Now, call it here is, a few people had a go at Chris for putting this in the playlist. It was brave of Chris to put this in there because he wanted to look It was brave of Chris to do this in the first place. But it was very brave to put that song in there. What did you think of that song? Is this a (laughs) wind-up? Rave on, my ears are bleeding, two out of ten. Wow. Why? Question mark. Not even a point for effort. Zero out of ten. Wow, I was even nicer than you. Yeah, I'm sorry. That, it was that... a point for effort and a point for Chris. So every song in this has got a point for Chris. Also, you know. Wait a minute, you're going to point for Chris and Just a point for... I'm trying Because people think I'm this mean person. I'm not. I see what he's done. That He probably took a lot of time, we bit of thought, sent it through. But that's on Chris. He listened. We know, know Chris is awesome. And that's okay, that... but for him. So there's a wee point there. Maybe half a point for Chris, half a point for effort. So zero out of ten. That song is terrible. Um, Okay, uh, songs of love. Can't handle this. Why won't it end? Three out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> Did you recognise the song? Uh, no. It's Father Ted. It's a Father Ted theme song. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course it is. Yeah. So, um, Father Ted, love this. Seven out of ten. A lady of a certain age. Crooner type music. Absolutely terrible. Hate it. Three out of ten. Not a massive fan of this. Was okay. Really nice, cute lyrics, though. It's really... And that's... I will say, some of the lyrics in these songs are really clever, really fantastic. It's just when you rap it all. Tonight we fly the last song. Awful, full stop, 3 out of 10. Jesus. Didn't really like this, 5 out of 10. So... Can I just... Oh, can I just say one thing? Go on. I would listen to that playlist every single day of the week. Over... Office politics. That at least to me, right? So yeah, let yeah. me just talk I agree. about this. I agree. So I'm not a Divine Comedy fan. No. His voice is annoying. It's a bit croonery. I can't stand it. He's a bit cheesy. Yes, it could be clever. It's not for me. I think we've all... We've, we've been there. We know that now. These songs, like Bad Ambassador, Love What You Do, they're not the worst songs. Like not We've reviewed songs. a lot worse than that. Correct. Right? From bands that I even like. Mm-hmm. So i got to pay that. Mm-hmm. This... 10 shows me that this they are capable and he is capable of writing a decent song. Mm-hmm. Office politics is an absolute insult to your intelligence. I can't stand it. This, I can go, that's okay. Still not really for me. I mean, there's a couple of sixes there. Yeah, I agree. I'm actually, I actually agree with you. Actually, like one of my... But I just don't like it. I really like the best of the Divine Comedy. It's a great album. No. Office politics is terrible. It is... You know, and we've had some people challenge us. It's a terrible album. So what this, to be fair, Chris, what this challenge has showed me, that they are more than office politics. Mm -hmm. So there is a little bit of talent there. I'm never going to listen to them. They're not for me. But carry on. Hold on. I I won't. Ever again. I won't. I I never will. There'll never be in a playlist. You've you've slipped a couple into the Britpop playlist. They get skipped. I just, they don't, it doesn't, I won't do it. Even the sixes out of ten, nah, I don't like them that much. So, I did my total, 39 and a half. Out of 139 and a half. So an average rating of 3.95. Jeez, awesome. Average rating. So let's just call it four, so an average rating of four. Uh, so mine was 5.95, average rating 6 out of 10. There we go, so not that far apart. Not that far apart. You think they're as crap as I do? No, I'm not. All right, 
You happy with that? We're moving on to Jory's Jazz Challenge. Chris, are you happy with that? Let us know. I don't... I feel that we were... You know, you should be okay with that. Oh, really? He should? I feel... I feel... I feel comfortable. I actually... I, I like, I don't... I feel I was... You know... I actually didn't mind that challenge. I have to say, Gin Silk Boy and I've been to a marvellous party. Weird, because I keep Gin Silk Boy five. It's weird. No, nasty. Mm. All right, so... I got more, right? So we got the chat jazz challenge, which we'll talk to next week. Chris Chapman got in touch, all right. Um, so thank you for reaching out. He put a lot of effort into this, first of all, right? So you know how we asked for Britpop starting elevens? Oh yeah. Yeah, and we we went through like A and B squad. He has modelled the greatest team of the Britpop era based on Manchester United, oh. nineteen ninety two. Are you ready for this? Oh, go on then. right. So, number one, the goalkeeper, Pulp, based on Peter Schmeichel. He's a legend. Always one of the first names on the team sheet. Okay. Number two, Shed Seven, based on Gary Neville. Dependable and consistent, but never going to deliver a match-winning performance. See, it's just a lot of thought that's went into this. I just love it. That's good. Okay. In in centre defence, you've got the Blue Tones. Yep. Based on Dennis Arwen. Often overlooked, but delivers an occasion match-winning performance. Centre defence, Radiohead, based on Gary Pallister. Cultured and ahead of the time. Gary Pallister was cultured. This okay, is... that's interesting. Ocean Colour Scene, number five. Based on David May, dependable and often underrated post-era. Oh, he was often underrated, wasn't he? Number six. Ooh, centre midfield, Oasis. Based on Roy Keane, <gasps> captain, set the bar for others to follow. I love that. <laughs> you and it's aggro. Alright, it's been number seven, winger, sleeper, David Beckham. Contribution often undervalued because of their looks. How good is that? Don't get me started. Chris, well done, mate. Uh, where have we got? So... Number eight, primal screen. So centre midfield again. Paul Scholes, always delivering and adapting styles. That's good. That's very good. That's very good. Uh, Number nine, blur. I don't know about this. Andy Cole, consistently scoring hit after hit, but can go missing in between. That's good. That's good. That's good. Number ten, the verve, Eric Cantona. Enigmatic and brilliant. Eric Cantona That's a tricky one Just give me a second on that I don't know I agree What? I agree Enigmatic That's true You never really knew Yeah you never knew Okay Number 11 Winger This is genius Super furry animals Ryan Giggs Welsh wizard Always creative I mean that is genius Manager Paul Weller Based on oh. Sir Alex, massive influence on the key players from the era. Can we just? Can we just? Cheers to cheers that. Cheers to that, mate. Well done. Couple I of, love that. No, got got some subs. Couple of other players: Skunk and Nancy, <gasps> Dennis Wise, annoying and angry, and you should never, ma- never, and should never have made it out of the non-league. Oh no. Lightning Seeds, Phil Neville, bit of a journeyman, somehow makes it into the England squad, but no one really knows why. Yeah, yeah. Suede, Frank Lampert. 
can't wait for this. The one that all the pundits bang on about, but you never really rate. It's, it's good. That's so good. Last one. Ash. Francis Jeffers started really strongly and then didn't really de- to deliver to his potential. I bloody love 1977. The rest can be forgotten. Chris, I mean, come on. A lot of thought went into that. Thank you that so much. That's cheap. awesome. Well done, mate. It's very clever. Well, yeah, absolutely amazing. All right, thank you. Song of the week. Song of the week, song of the week, song of the week. Levy Valentino. Spoke to a medium. So they're based in Bristol. Levy Valentino have been playing together since 1997. It's the same lineup. They released their, their album, which is called 17 Years, with a sold-out launch night at Louisiana and Bristol. Influences include, include Cream, Queen, Oasis, Ocean Colour Scene and Sponics. This song, I love this song. This is great. All the best, guys. Thanks for sharing it. Good luck.
What do you reckon? I love it. It's so a good, catchy. It is a good song. I do say, like, I do think the guys need to get on um, Spotify because yeah, it's a course. really, really good album. So all the best. Thank you for sending that through. All right, Les, let's get it up. I'm pumped now. You're pumped? Yeah, yeah. So, because um, I've got a wee bit to say today, so that's nice. A wee bit? Just, like, just, just, just today? Oh, there's a couple of things I've been reading and looking into and thought would be quite interesting. So, this oh. evening's Mercury... Me- what? This voice. I don't know why. Because I'm trying to be professional. Oh, okay. You okay. ask me often to do it, and well, when I try, you don't like it, so you've got to choose. We are charting, so make it good. So, quick recap... <laughs> Go on. Last week we had Neo with Saturn and Seed Ensemble with Drift Glass. Oh, yeah. Combined score for Neo was 10 and Seed Ensemble was 5. So, still out in the lead we by half a point. Challenge out of it, so that's good. Okay. Is Little Sims with Great Area still in the lead? Little Sims is in the lead by half a point. Yep. Really? Mm-hmm. So, this week Fontaine's DC in the album Dog Room. Black Midi in Schlangenheim. Go on, seriously, attempt to say it. Schlagenheim. Perfect. I know. Anyway. <laughs> Fontaine's DC, so. Clearly Irish. Why are they clearly? Are you serious? Go on. So, I... I'd read a lot about this band before I actually listened to them. Really? Which was my first mistake. Oh, okay. What? Because okay. I was pumped. Because oh, I read a couple of people, commentators. I've been doing a wee bit of, you know, testing the water, seeing what's going on. <laughs> a couple of people have put them as their... Their pick? Well, yeah. Okay. Or at least close to... No chance. <laughs> Right. No, you go. You, you. If I just, I'll calm down. You t- and then obviously Black Midi. We'll talk about it in a minute. But you go Fontaine's DC. Let me hear what you think about it, Kev. I've so, obviously opened myself up to it to that. But yeah. <laughs> so you probably read the same review I did. Enemy, ten out of ten. Wow. It's in the grass is greener. Escape a sentiment of the boys in the better land or the closing Irish drinking tune of Dublin City Sky that these five Dublin lands prove, lads prove their talent for painting in far more colours than just black and greys. And Fontaine, Fontaine's DC have proved their worth as one of guitar's music's most essential new voices. It's a big call, Lil. What do you like about the album? So not a great deal. Um... Why? I don't really like the singing at all. Can't handle the vocals. It's just a bit too much for me. It overpowers a lot of the tracks. I understand that's why. I understand it's that kind of... Supposed punk Yep, yeah, I rock. get it and I get it. And I don't... But it isn't... It's not enjoyable. I struggle with it. It's not fun, yeah. No. Um, talented musicians, I understand that. I can agree to some degree with the review from NME because it will really resonate with people. Mm-hmm. First of all, that's why it's been nominated. There will be people who will be massive fans. I get that. They have an audience. There is no doubt. That right. audience is not me. You're not. So, Two Reels, okay, is a song. Okay. Roy's Tune, um, Checklist Reckless, Boys in the Better Land. That's it for me. Um, What'd you give it? 
the point for effort plus those tra- five out of ten. Um, I actually have to agree with you. Um, my one liner. Not a fan of the vocals. However, there's some really great musicians behind yes, it. Yes, see, this is my point. And it's like it, it's an audience that they're going, and they'll get it, and they have it. It's just not me. And I want to be, I know it's hashtag convictions, but I get it. I understand why this is there. I don't think this is a mean thing. I, I just don't, I just, for me, it's not, it's not music that I would, I would go to. And then when I listen, it's a really hard listen. Um, but... When there's no vocals involved and I hear just the music, I'm like, ah, is that, that's a catchy hook mm. or that's a ca- catchy melody. And I just, I don't know. So, Sha 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 is all right. Okay. Television yeah. screens, Roy's tuned a lot. I didn't like Big, which is the intro at all. No, too, I didn't like that. Too Real, Hurricane Laughter and Liberty Bell. I'm not going to rush. I, I feel I'm not going to rush back to this. It's just not music for I'm me. I'm never going to listen to it again. Four out of ten. So really, we are the same about your, except for your magical one point for effort. Okay, so it's a nine. They're yes. not going to win it. Black Midi. Okay, Black Midi. I can see the way this is going to go. Who are they? They're an English experimental band from London. This is their debut album. Experimental. Enemy. As soon as I hear that word. You just enemy, alright? Ten out of ten. Oh for Christ. Right, so no no. This one? Eight out of ten. Their many influences as well as their ability to play through genres with ease make it a record you'd be daft to try and categorise. That is true. Yes. Yeah. That is very true. Their determination to not bend to conventional song structures make Schlagenheim an engaging piece of work that will reveal its true nature over time, perhaps. True again. Black Midi, Black Midi are making music like no other band in the world. I agree with that. So three statements from Enemy I agree with. Not so much the rating. What did you think? I agree again with those statements. Um, I found it a struggle. I found it a struggle. I didn't really enjoy it. I gave it two or three listens. Um, and then I started to... I thought it's weird. So I started to go... I wonder if this just newfangled music's just not for me. <laughs> because this Vontaine's DC and Black Mini, they seem to be getting all the hype. <laughs> <laughs> and yet all I want to do is skip it. Yeah, okay. So um, I struggle with it. I don't... I gave it 5 out of 10 as well. I gave it the same as Fontaine's DC. Um... I'd probably go back to Black Midi before I'd go back to Fontaine's DC because I actually do agree with that. I do think that's a slow burn. And given, I think we have this time frame and I don't know if that sometimes helps is we knew this was coming but we've got so much that we listen to that yeah. you probably, you do quick listens. Yeah, you yeah. get a, And usually what happens if it hooks me, I listen again and again and again. I really like it. You yeah. know it's, you know you're going to like it after the first listen. Agree. You don't know how much you're going to like it because you've got to grow. First listen is normally, oh, this is 5 out of 10 territory or this is whatever. I need to give Black Midi a little bit more time because I actually, it's probably got more offer. Okay. I struggled with it. i got to give it two or three more listens. I might end up in the same place. I probably will. But, but Fontaine's, I'm done. Like, I'm done. This, there will be, there will be more from them that I think that we may like. Okay. 
I see where you're going. So the good. So nine five three, which is the introduction start. The introduction, I hate it. I actually yeah, that put me off. I really, really hate it until the the singing starts, and then I go actually hold on. I'm quite I'm quite enjoying this, and I think that's the challenge with the album. There are moments where you go, I like that. I actually this is this is good, and then literally it can turn. And you go, what is that? I, mm. I, I really don't like that. It's challenging. And that's, that's it's an, ex- it, Enemy name, nailed it. It's an experimental album that will at moments grab you and at moments push you away. And for that reason, it is not for me, right? Oh, no. I don't want to listen to this again. Right. Um, my one liner, at times I think it's okay. Others, I literally can't stand this album. Extremely talented. Well done for being that. It's just so different. I've never heard it before. And maybe that's why I'm I'm not not in three out of ten. It gives us a grand total of eight. So let me just do a quick recap, just so we know where we stand, because we're coming to the last. We're coming to the last. We got two more. Two bands. We got two more. So right now, so in the lead. So if we still, we'll start at the bottom. At the bottom. Who's at the bottom? Um, Seed Ensemble with five. Wow. Then the 1975. Okay. And then Idols. That. Yep. And yep. then Black Midi. Yep. Um, and then Fontaine's DC. Yeah. Anna Calvi, Nail, Slow Tie, Foles, and then Little Sims. So Ooh. what we'll do is, we'll re- what I'm going to do is... We've got we'll re- two more. Two more, we're going to review them. Then what I'm going to do is the top three of our results. I'm going to make a put a poll, and it can be reader's choice. Yeah, I'm fine with that. So we've got Dave... And psycho we drama, big, big Dave. Dave, and we got Kate, Kate Lebon and Reward, the album Reward. Have you had a sneaky listen to any of those? Yeah. Where's your head at? Better week than this week? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Right. So, uh, shall we get into which was the highlight of my listening week? Guilty pleasures. Oh yeah. It is a really sad day when the guilty pleasure yeah, I know. is the highlight of the week. But my God, did Tetsuo nail this. I mean, all right. So the album, 1992, Shakespeare's sister, hormonally yours, right? I, you obviously last week went off on one and started saying how much you hated that. I've never listened to them, right? So I've, I've had a pretty bad week in terms of music, right? This, I was like, ah, oh, oh, this is this is good. This is really good. <laughs> what do you think? It's not often. <laughs> it's not often. You say you're wrong? That I'll backtrack. Yeah! I listened to Stay... I watched the video as well. The video's hectic and it's scary. That's probably because I was 12. You, it's not scary now, but I get it. But yeah, and she comes out, you better. A lot of YouTube break. comments are like, I saw this when I was younger, this was horrible. But, yes. Okay. Um, but it's not an album centred around one song. No, it's not. But that's all I really knew them for. I'm still not a huge fan of that song, but I can see it's... I can actually see how good a pop song it is, that's the great. way it's constructed. 
they are actually that's really good pop music that's great um I didn't mind it I was relatively <laughs> surprised um they've got a new song out too I listened to that did you and and again look I mean this is a long time down the track it's not bad um <laughs> I gave it a 6 out of 10. Did you? I gave it a 6 out of 10. I'm happy to admit. I gave it when a... When I'm surprised. I gave it a 7. Yeah. I... This album is almost 30 years old. And Stay I... It, it stood up. It, not just that song, but... I was so like... I listened to it and I was like, Oh God, the, the music this week is, is not great. And I was like, Now I've got to listen to Shakespeare's Sister. And um, I think you'd messaged me or something, and I was like, I think that's what it was. You were out at the pub, and you were at the um, the Britpop event. Uh-huh. And I'm at home playing FIFA, and I'm like, you know what? I gotta get this guilty pleasure done. I just gotta get just just get it done. So I'm sitting there, and I'm like, kicks in the first song, which is Goodbye Cruel World, and I'm like, that's not bad. Yeah, <laughs> and, I'm like, and I'm like, oh, Les is gonna kill me for this. Les is gonna smash me for this. And then I'm like, next song, next song, next song. And I'm like, this is really good. So goodbye, crew world is great. I don't care is excellent. I don't care is excellent. Are we love yet? Are we in love yet? Is phenomenal. Emotional thing. Stay is good. Black sky. Which is like this weird sort of. They've got this like a Happy Mondays drum loop. It's it's. Brilliant. I will say, and the one reason why this is not higher, is you know the high-pitched vocals? Mm -hmm. It literally is too much sometimes. That's That's how Ian feels about my Sarah Brightman. (laughs) (laughs) Couple of comments about that one, eh? It's because he secretly loves it. Once is fine, but mate, Ian, you're milking it a wee bit, mate. If you want me to do it, you know, that's absolutely fine. You just have to say... anyone needs to do that again. But I, I, I gotta admit, I've really enjoyed this. I think this is the best one so far. I like the real. No, uh, as a real guilty as pleasure. As a real guilty pleasure, this is the best. Nah, London Boys. London Boys is good, but it's not a seven out of ten. No, this not. is great. So it's your turn. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this album, nineteen ninety five. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. Um, all male group. What? Musicians, play the guitar, sing, write some good songs. <laughs> Popular, very famous. This is bad. Very famous lead singer. This um, is bad. Talked about them a couple of times. One of the first CDs I ever owned, but it's not that album. The band is Bon Jovi. Oh, f- And the album... Is these days. These days, the stars seem out of reach. I mean, it's, I mean, it's it'll move you to your core. Do you actually genuinely like this album? No. Yeah, I'm just yeah. I can't stand Bon Jovi. I cannot stand it. It's a good album. Thank you for that. Pretty pop one-liners. The Boo Radleys. Oh, geez. Okay. You ready for this? Not really, because. Okay. I think you'd be happy with that. Right. 
So let's so just to put this in context, Les hasn't seen this, right? So you're reading this for the first. I collate it. You read it for the first time. Anyway, Matthew, brilliant shoegaze band, rubbish Britpop band, <laughs> just rubbish Britpop band. UK bootlegs, legs. Martin Carr lauded by the musical press as a songwriting genius. Comma why? <laughs> Exclamation mark. Absolutely right. <laughs> Michael should never have released Wake Up Boo. Agree. Stu, both under and overrated. Just over. Um, Andy, too often fairly, too often unfairly judged on one song rather than one of the most diverse and inventive songbooks of the 90s. Keep going. ADL. Oh, mate. Bloody amazing band, Peaked with Giant Steps, one of the most creative British albums of the 90s. Rubbish. Aid loves them. Ian. Bo-, Bo Radleys were formed in Wolsey, England in 1988. Or a shorter one-liner, just crap. Boom. <laughs> David, wrongly labelled for one of the most annoying songs in history. Boom. That is true. Rewind fast forward. King's size was their finest moment and hugely underrated. Ba-bow. Chris, varied and textured. And Giant Steps completely holds up. Coming from, is this the man that gave me divine comedy? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Steve, a band that attempted carefully placed Giant Steps to being king-sized... Along the way, trying to wake up those missing the point whilst creating their own indie pop cacophony. Come on, kids, just press play and let the king-size noise help you hang suspended and chill on a metaphorical bench at Belvedere. Press stop and make your life better. Come on. I'll pay that. (laughs) Good work, Steve. <laughs> Andrew, much better at shoegaze and great up until the final track of Everything's Alright Forever and then tried to get the radio play. Understandably, forgetting classics like Finest Kiss and the second track from that EP, the original version of Taurus Show. Yep. Don't know what you're talking about. Okay. Oh, Jodie. Jodie, Jodie, Jodie. Time for Les to come clean and admit she secretly has a deep love for the Boorads. The whole hating them, inverted commas, is an elaborate charade to promote season two of Britpop banter where each week our intrepid hosts will work their way through the band's entire back catalogue, one song at a time, taking a deep dive into the background of these classics and exploring the majesty and wonder these tracks possess. You are... Absolutely <laughs> deluded. <laughs> Jodie, my my this this dislike, my distaste, my downright hate of the Boo Radleys is so authentic. <laughs> it's so sincere. It's it's it runs through my veins and it's something that I'm happy and proud in sometimes to actually admit. So, like what you did there, we all like a conspiracy theory. I just generally do not like the Boo Radleys. Move it on. Johnny, the Poo Radleys. <laughs> Oi. Sorry, it's what I called them when I was a kid. You were right. Britpop memories. The lead singer now works as a therapist, stroke counsellor, and has his office 300 yards from my house. I hope you make more money than you did in your songs. Now, come on. Right. How do you feel about that? I liked them. 
because there's more haters than lovers. It's very, it's it's a polarizing band, right? Because genuinely, if I compare them against what we got for the blue blue tones, it is totally different. So different. And and what I've other found is that the blue, the Boo Radley's fans. You know, I you know how I stood on the fence on this one, but you can't get a one liner out of a Boo Radley fan. It has to be a paragraph, at least. Do you know why? Because those one-liners are as verbose <laughs> as those bloody songs. <laughs> anyway, we need to backtrack. What are we backtracking? What are we to? doing tonight? We are going to see. Am I? Yeah, we're going to see Ride. And what have they just done? Done your album. And I what? Forgot about that segment. So, <laughs> Ride. This is not a safe place. We're going to see them tonight. This album for me, controversially, is up there. What? I like this album. I don't think you would. Really. Grew on me. Like, didn't like it Tuesday, Wednesday came around, You're yesterday loved me. it. It was that quick. So, should we talk about this for a second? Because, do you remember how we bought tickets for this? Because I don't. And somehow we're going to see them tonight. No, you did. You wanted to do it. Because everyone had been talking well, about like, well, we should, and, and some good songs, and we should go and see them, and it's Andy Bell and Barry Bland. It's Andy Bell. And so we're going to go and do that. So um, talk to me about this album then. So this is not a safe place. Um, first listen, found it a bit slow, didn't really warm to it. It was okay. Second couple of listens, really warm to it. So Future Love, I really, really, really enjoy that song. It's a good song. Repetition's a great song. Good song. Eternal Recurrence. Um, Jump Jet Shadow Behind the Sun And you're going to love this In This Room Oh You like that? It's a final hurrah It's not a final hurrah For me it you, is Yeah for you it is that's, that's not a hurrah For me it is It's good It's not a hurrah That's how I want the album That's how I like albums to end Moody It was very moody It's deep Very moody You've closed the album off it's a beautiful piece of music, and I'm spent. Gee whiz. Uh, okay. Seven out of ten. Okay. Wow. Um, Kill Switch is an amazing song. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. You missed that. Uh, didn't, what about the intro? No no lyrics, just all instrumental, bang, R-I-D-E. Don't like that. Didn't like no, it. I, I like really it. liked nah, it. I didn't Great way annoying. to start the album. Nah. Same as you, every time I listen to this album, it gets better, um, really strong, really excited because when I listen to the, the ride previous back catalogue, I don't, there's nothing there that sort of wants to grab it, pull me back in. This album, I think, is, is fantastic. I think it ticks all the boxes, 7 out of 10. Same. Wow! 7 out of 10, Lewis. be a good night. So, looking forward to that. Looking forward to seeing Andy Bell. Like, yeah. I'm just, I'm excited to see him on guitar. Um, all right, shall we get into this week's album? We are really late in the day, like unbelievably late. Paul Weller, Wildwood, Les has had a few beers. Chances are we're going to cry. So it was released on the 6th of September 1993. Uh, this is his second album, second solo album, I should say. Paul Weller was released in September 1992. It got to number two. What followed it was Livewood, which got to number 13. And then we've got Stanley Road. Keep it together. Keep it together, Lel. Label was Go Discs, recorded at the Manor Studio in Oxford. 
Producers Paul Weller and Brendan Lynch, who's all over Britpop, like all over it. Tracks, 16 tracks, 54 minutes, got to number two in the charts. So not number one, number two. How long was it in the charts though? 86 weeks. Pretty good innings. Right, Les, ready for the charts. It's the wit. <laughs> Albums, number 10, Automatic for the People, REM. Still no one come at you for that. Because <laughs> people deep down believe it. What's happening with REM? Anyway, forget it. Number nine, 10 Summoner's Sales, 10 Summoner's Tales by Sting. Have you given us, what's your thoughts on Sting? Um, I don't like any of Sting stuff. Some of it. Police or Sting? Which one? Police. Mm. Okay. Number eight, the Levelers. Levelers? Fiddly D. Fid- Number seven, Pocket Full of Kryptonite by the Spin Doctors. No, Spin Doctors. Number six, River of Dreams by Billy Joel. What? I hate Billy Joel. Do you? Awful. Why? He's up there with one of my least favourite artists. Cheesy crap. Billy Joel? Billy Joel. Deal with it, Kev. Move on. Number five. This is a bad chart, man. Number five. Post-Historic Monsters by Carter USM. Sounds awful. Number four. Music Box by Maria Carey. <laughs> and then a hero comes is that along. Album? Horrible. Yeah. Number three, Promises and Lies by UB40. Uh, red, red, wine. I've never gotten to UB40. Awful. Never. Number two, Wild with Paul Weller. Number one, Bad Out of Hell 2 by Meat Love. How, who, really, who bought Meat Loaf? You walked in HMV, you had a wee scan of the top ten, <laughs> and you went, oh, Billy Joe, nah. Carter used, nah. Mariah Carey, mm. Paul Weller, oh, no, meatloaf, I'll buy that, moron, moron. <laughs> right, singles, number 10, Dream Lover by Mariah Carey. Dream Lover, come rescue me, take me up, take me down, take me anywhere you want to, I baby. Don't, I don't think, I, I, you just had a look, I go at Meatloaf fans, and you're banging out Mariah Carey. I don't think you can stand on this moral high ground. Didn't say I liked it, just sang it. You, Mariah Carey was a guilty pleasure. But the other album. Oh, this one, you've drawn the line, the line's in. Hey. <laughs> Number nine, Heart Shaped Box by Nirvana. Oof, no. Oof, no. Just keeping it rolling. Faces by Two Unlimited. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Number seven, Creep by Radiohead. What a song. What a song. Uh, number six, The River of Dreams by Billy Joel. Do you know that? I hate Billy Joel. I don't know what. Uh, right Here by SWV. Right Here. Oh, that's a good right song. Yep. That's a good song. Um, number four, It Keeps Raining. Brackets, Tears From My Eyes by Bitty McLean. Oh. <laughs> Bitty McLean? Is that a Scottish? <laughs> no, oh. Nothing. It's just funny. We'll pause and check it. No, no, no. Okay. Oh, God. Number three, Boom Shake the Room by DJ Jazzy Jeff and The Fresh Prince. Awful. Like, so bad. 
Number two, Go West by the Pet Shop Boys. Go West, don't you Hamden Park, go west. That's what Dungeon United sings. I know, that's by. what they sing. We listen to that. Number one, Mr. Vane by Culture Beat. Oh, call him oh, Mr. Rainer, call him Mr. Wrong, call him Mr. Vane. Because I know what I want and I want it Number now. One. I want you because I'm Mr. Vane. What's Number one. Surprised that that'd be number one. I'm not. I bought at least 10 copies. <laughs> <laughs> right. Paul Weller. You ready? Not really. For this episode, we're going to focus on the early days of Paul Weller or the Mod Father. That's so Mod cute. Father. <laughs> Born in 1958. Take that in for a moment. He's 61. Paul was named John William Weather. Weller. He's not actually called Paul. Why would you pick Paul as a name? <laughs> uh, well, John is his, his dad's name, um, who's a taxi driver, and his mum, Anne, is a part-time cleaner. Influenced by the Beatles, The Who, and The Small Faces, he started to play. He started to learn to play the guitar when he was 11. Wow. However, you'll love this. Apparently, it was status quo that started... Status quo. Status quo that started him on the road to become who don't, he is today. Don't, it's not true. Oh, I read it. It's true. It doesn't matter. I won't believe it. I can't believe it. <laughs> Why would you do that? Because I saw Why it. would you shatter that? <laughs> and it's lies anyway, because I've got a few articles here about his influences. Does he talk about status quo? Does he hell? So that's he might talk not... about status quo rather than status. No, he doesn't. That's why. Doesn't. And we'll talk, I'll go get to that. By the age of 14, Weller had already formed the jam, initially taking up the role as the bass player alongside childhood friends Steve Brooks and Dave Waller. So, 14. After playing gigs organised by his father in various working men's clubs, Weller and co. were soon joined on drums by Rick Buckler before Brooks, unhappy with the direction of the band that was going in, was replaced by Bruce Foxton. With Brooks departed, the classic jam lineup has already taken shape as Weller and Foxton exchanged guitar duties and after making steady progress on the London club scene, they signed to Polydor. Mm-hmm. Right, let's pause the jam, Leslie. What about them? What's your thoughts on them? Interestingly, I'm pause. not a mass. Pause for dramatic effect, yeah, apparently. I'm not a huge fan. Right, okay. So, like, they're, they're all, like, going under. They've got the popular songs, but I'm not... The thing is, if you think about Paul Weller, you've got the Style Council, yep. and you've got the Jam. Yep. And that's what he did before he was obviously solo artist, right? Spoiler, but yeah. Um, I have listened to both of those, and it's interesting because I listened to both of those... After I listened to Paul Weller. Of course. So I didn't get into it that way. Yeah. I prefer the jam over the style council. Yep. Um, A Town Called Malice is a great song. Um, I think that they are a great, they're a good band. And put it this way, you know on Spotify, this is the blah. I'll put that on with the jam, no worries. Okay. But I don't think that's him at his best. I genuinely think Paul Weller at his best is him as a solo artist. I agree. So I've never listened to the jam. Have you not? Never. Really? Never. But you must know the song. Yeah, yeah, so I know the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But I've never ever gone back to the back catalogue oh. of the jam. So I, I went through and I actually listened to the whole thing. So I actually, I actually really enjoyed them. I didn't know that his dad, so Paul's dad, was the manager of them. Mm-hmm. Which... He's very close to dad. He was very moved when his dad passed away. That's sad. Yeah. Like, he's your dad and your manager, and you've obviously got this connection, mm-hmm. and, and unfortunately he passed away. Um, I think 2009 he passed away, unfortunately. But look, I found myself going back to the jam. It was in my, like, Spotify recently played, and I was like, yeah, I'll just stick on the jam. And I actually, actually really liked them. Like, David Watts, like you said, Town Called Malice. That's good. But David Watts is a really good track as well. The jam, so they were formed in 1972. 1972. So they went on for 10 years. Uh, sorry, they went on for 10 years until 1982. Released six albums, with each one doing better than the last, until their last album, The Gift, which went to number one, but that's when Paul pulled the pin. Did you read about that? Yeah. What's your thoughts on that? How do you feel about that? Like, so a band, he yeah. literally just went, you know what? I'm done. I'm pulling the pin. We're at our peak. I'm out of here. Let's try something new. I wish a lot of bands would do the same thing. Ooh. Right? Smart. Very smart. Right? Very okay. smart. Because they've had that build up. You get some bands who come in in a blaze of glory and the number one, number two album are amazing and then they go downhill. Yeah. And we've all, tons of Britpop bands do that. We speak about that. Correct. They went the other way. Slow burn. Bang, 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 bang. Yep. Just think of the, just think of the blood, sweat and tears that had gone into those jam albums before you get to that one. Mm-hmm. Then they hit it. Bang. Done. Cut. So now what do you think about the jam? The jam are thought iconically. They're an iconic band. They're not a band that dwindled into the dregs of selling yep. crap albums and singing in bloody social clubs yep. because they've still... They didn't. So, would have... It doesn't kind of make sense. I doubt he was thinking that, but maybe he was thinking that at that time. But I just think to myself that the, if they've genuinely reached their creative peak... Done. Then fair play. Pull the pin. Yes, I'm, I'm comfortable with it. So everyone was really shocked when he decided to do it and did a farewell tour. Now this shows the scale of the jam. They sold out Wembley five nights in a row. I'd go and see the jam in a heartbeat. What? Five, just grand scale, Wembley, five nights. That's insane. Yeah. I never had, I never had a clue that they were that big. Yeah, they were huge. I mean, I'm not that big a fan, as I said earlier, but I... Yeah, I can see why. And at that time as well, think of when they were... Yeah. Okay. So in 2015, Paul said this, I wanted to end it to see what else I was capable of and I'm sure we stopped at the right time. I'm proud of what we did, but I didn't want to dilute it or for us to get embarrassing by trying to go on forever. We finished our peak. I think we had achieved all that we wanted or needed to, both commercially or artistically. Les, can you give me another example of a band that didn't pull the pin? Who didn't? Oh, I don't. <laughs> you don't have to answer that because I'm putting you on the spot. Oh, because there's so many. However, so Paul pulled, Paul actually pulled the mm-hmm. pin, right? And you can imagine with your dad as the manager how... what. I'm not doing it, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> but with a turmoil, like, how would you feel telling that to your dad? And It would be horrible. But the other members of the band didn't see it the way... One of the members, Bruce, Bruce Foxton, didn't talk to Paul for 20 years. Mm. Imagine that, eh? 
So they did. They, they eventually did make up in two thousand and six, and Bruce did actually played on a, a couple of tracks from Paul Weller's album "Wake Up the Nation," which is which is nice. They made up. Next, Paul went into the Style Council. Oh, no. Now, can you describe? So, how would you describe the okay. jam? Couple of couple of words. Oh, um, not punky, but you know, like kind of. Rocky, rocky indie, kind of punky indie, soft punk. Yeah, got like mod, like yeah, okay. going on. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah, style cancel. Oh, like smooth, like, kind of. You're right. You're what you were right was right. Smooth, croony, kind of. Yeah, weird. Like, yeah, different. Way different. Different. So he moved on to the jam, as I said, to the style council for sure. So the style council. If you haven't, I mean, I would. If anyone who doesn't know Paul Willow's back catalogue. Literally go on and have a listen to to the jam, and then fast forward into the, the style council. Mm-hmm. It is it's just totally different. Um, all right, so we'll get into the style council in a second. But for the rest of the jam members, Rick Bugler, who is a drummer, went into new bands called Sharp and Time UK before partnering with Bruce to form the Gift in two thousand and six, which in turn became From the Jam. I don't know if you knew about this. No. Okay, we'll get into that in a second. Bruce Foxton, immediately after the split, did a solo album called Touch Sensitive, then joined Stiff Little Fingers for 15 years, then the stint from the jam. He did two more albums uh, in 2012, Back in the Room, which Paul actually played on, and 2016, Smash the Clock. Okay, from the jam is pretty much everyone that was in the jam, apart from Paul reforming. Okay, mm-hmm. so they united and announced that they would be touring with new material and playing classics. Didn't go over too well with mm. Paul. Okay, so Paul said this in a 2006 interview with BBC. He said that a reunion with the Jam, a reunion of the Jam, would never ever happen, and that reformations are sad. He said that me and my children would have to be destitute and starving in the gutter before I'd even consider that. Oofed. And I don't think that will happen anyway. The jam's music still means something to people and I love that's because we stopped at the right time and it didn't go on and become embarrassing. He no- like to be fair, he knows when to call it, right? Okay, so the Style Council released four albums up mm-hmm. to 1989. But how's this? When they got to their fifth album, the record label said, we're not releasing that. And that was it. So with the jam, they called it quits on their own grounds. With the Style Council, they got kind of forced to that they weren't going to release this fifth album. Did you listen as part of this exercise to any of the Style Council albums? Well, I've known some of the the the, sorry the Style Council before. I've so picture this. So love Paul Weller. Yep. Find out more about him. Yep. Listen to Jam. Kind of knew about them anyway. Think oh I'm going to like the Style Council. Listen to them. It's a bit kind of. It's a weird bunch of music, right? I don't, yes. Yeah, like, <sighs> this, like my ever-changing moods, um, was okay. Like, I don't know, there's, I'm trying to think of any tracks that really, like... No. So I listened to, so I was like, I'm going to all in listen to each of the Style Council's albums. So I went into Cafe Blue, which is the debut. It is the strangest album I've heard in a really long time. Um... The first half is like jazz and funk. The second half is more like Weller 
However, side B it kicks off with a rap song. Mm-hmm. It's just so side two is, is actually okay. And then some house. It's like so it's so unusual. Sweet. Yeah. It's very it's and this is the thing. Is it ahead of its time with some of the musical genres and the or is it I think with some of the house stuff, because there is a little bit of that in it. There is. And that was the fifth album that didn't it was an acid house album or something. Acid like. jazz type acid, house. It was yeah, weird. It didn't get released. So what I want to know is, is are there people that like the jam and the style council? Are, I think so. Are they, do you reckon they're the two, like one person can like the both? I think they could, but you'd have a preference. You're never going to be able to, like, if you like Paul Weller's solo, because sometimes the solo stuff goes a wee bit quirky. Oh yeah, okay. Um, especially his first, first album. Yeah, okay. And then he gets more... But I'd be a jam. I'm on the jam side. So I was like going through this list and I was like, okay. I moved on to, to one of his albums called Our, Our Favourite Shop. Oh, yeah. I was like, no, no. I'm out. I'm tapping yeah, out. Yeah, I'm done. Out. This is this is too unusual for me. On the breakup in 89, Paul said, it's something we should have done two or three years ago. We created some great music in our time, the effects of which won't be appreciated for some time. Do you think, when you've listened to the Style Council on the jam, if I didn't tell you what came first. Yeah, okay. I just went, this is yep. two bands. Yep, yep, yep. Yep. Who came first? What would you think? The Style Council. Same. The jam. Same. The jam you could put out today. Same. And you'd be like, Arctic Monkeys versus the jam. Like, to me, it's like, do you Absolutely. know what I mean? And when I first started listening to Paul Weller stuff after him, and you get into all the back catalogue, I always forget... And this exercise reminded me, because I do, you just forget you don't really care, because it was two solo, it was two bands. Yeah. I always forget the jam came first. Yeah. Every single time. And it it trips me up every single time. Because the jam could, yeah. You feel like you would go from the jam in a Britpop. That would make sense. I agree with you 100%. Ah, oh, look at that. I know. It's I just... It, I don't think, and this is me. If there's fans out there of the style, oh, they're not bad. I mean, it's not the worst. It's just, it's not. Do you know what I just realised we did? What? We're going to get a style cancel challenge, and that wouldn't be the worst thing. You reckon? I'd take that over Divine Comedy any day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So after the style cancel, okay. So obviously he'd been, he had to do a full reset, essentially, right? So he's by himself. No record company, no band. It was the first ever time since he was 17. He really had no job, no money coming in, right? So essentially he did a really small circuit of, of gigs and released a single called the Paul Weller Movement. Well, not the single, but the band. Um, on his own lab- label, which is called Freedom Height Label. It got to number 36. Yeah, right. So he went bust, like completely bust, and released some music. It still got into the top 40, which is incredible, right? So because of that, he got the attention of Go Discs, and we got his official first debut album, which is Paul Weller in 1992. I cannot believe the difference of my rating to yours for this album. Like, it is like reef territory. Like, it is insane. What, what did you give it? I gave it a really high rating. You did not. Right? So I actually... I. I, I like this, and I must have been going through a phase, right? You must have been. I must have been. Eight. Eight! I know. I know. What'd you give it? Five. It was a five! 
Because there's a five album. So I've literally put, I gave an eight to this question, exclamation mark. For what mark. song? Above so, the Clouds is beautiful, that's it. You're right. Above uh-huh. the Clouds. Oh, yeah. Oh. Uh, Bill Rush, Above the Clouds, Into Tomorrow, Comfortable. Uh, what I've put is, I'm comfortable with a six or a seven at best. I don't know why this script. Into I would eight. maybe push it to a six. I'd probably be a bit harsh. You were probably too harsh. I was probably too generous. Yeah. Um, for a debut album, this is actually really good. Like, and it's such a difference from the start. Such a difference. Such a difference. Um, so you stuck with the ex-style council drummer, Steve White. Now, do you know what a flute player is called? A flutist. How do you spell it? F-L-U-T-I-S-T. F-L-A-U-T-I-S-T. Oh. Did not know that. Did not know that. Um, That's really boring. Sorry, but I, I wrote it when you cut and paste in. I'm like, ah, that's got to be a, that's got to be a typo. It's not. Okay. Anyway, uh, so the flutist kept from the Star Wars Council, Jacko Peak. Uh, so Paul Brendan Lynch, as we talked about, who's done a myriad of Britpop albums, he brought in. Um, he came off. I kid you not, Screamadelica onto this album. Whoa. I mean... That'd be a come down, wouldn't it? How do you go from Screamadelica to Paul Weller's debut album? Because I don't get a feel for that. I don't get a... No. I don't see it at all. No. Okay. Okay. Brendan stayed with Paul for years. So the majority of Paul's albums are through Brendan. Okay. So Paul said this about that album. I wasn't interested in doing anything for a while, but it was frustrating, so I got back into writing songs. At home with a guitar and a piano. Aww. It wasn't until the first solo album that I felt like I'd got back on track. Most of the stuff I wrote in the first album was quite mellow, if anything. Round and round, and remember how we started. I've got that kind of jazz funk I feel to it. I love round and round. Like the style council. So okay. Um, there was a certain amount of satisfaction because we self-financed it. It came out in Japan first, and the money we got gave us a chance to finish it. I was really pleased with that record. The last few years with Polydor were a pain in the arse. From the music to the artwork, it was nice not to have that bullshit. So he's it. He's doing everything he wants to kind of do. And I think from that moment, that's the rest of his career. Mm. He only does what he wants to do. Um, All right. Wildwood. Deep breath. All right. So for Wildwood, Paul brought in two of... Washing colour scene. So Steve Craddock and Simon mm-hmm. Fowler both come in to help out on the album, which is amazing. Ocean colour scene hadn't hit their peak yet of mostly shows. Maybe, maybe not an album we'll discuss. <laughs> Wildwood was Wella's first album to be favourably received since our favourite shop in 1985. Don't know how that was favourably received. Although he wasn't comfortable with the new Clapton tag. Did you ever hear him getting referred to Yeah, annoyed me. Really? Yeah, because he's not, and it's not. It's just because he's a solo artist male with a guitar. And Paul Weller's heavily acoustic guitar, Mm -hmm. which is what I love about this album. We'll talk about that in the tracks. But he's not... He was kind of a rocker with a jam, then you had that jazzy stuff with the style council, then his first solo album, two point is and that's probably why I gave it a five and the other six is 
for every good song on that album, there's a kind of jazzy, quirky thing, and you're like, it's a bit too self. And I, you know, I think of jazz anyway, self indulgent. So <laughs> it's a little bit. Um, Jody's jazz challenge. Well, out, yeah. well, self indulgence challenge. Oh. Um, but then it's a bit like that. Whereas I feel this album, he reins it back in. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about it in the, the tracks. There is a couple of instrumentals. Okay. We'll, but with this, he had reined. He stripped it back. So this is a bit more stripped back. Because some of the songs are a um, bit more poppy. There's a couple of poppy ones. Mm-hmm. You've got the really stripped back ones like Wildwood, Foot the Mountain. Mm-hmm. So you've got those. And then just... But, but, but Eric Clapton was pure pop, like Wonderful Tonight. Mm-hmm. Layla was a bit rocky. Like, uh, I see that... I can see why. But I wouldn't put... I don't, I don't see them like that. At all. It's literally like you're about to explode. So, well, let's Sorry. move on. So, Wildwood all but topped the charts. It was nominated for the Brit Awards, okay, for the Best Male Artist. Didn't win. And later made the shortlist for the Mercury Prize Awards. Didn't win. <laughs> <laughs> that was M people. No, I don't know. I don't know what that was. I'm just joking. Don't either. Wild was then given a second lease of life in March 94, which, which it got into the top five which re-promoted with the addition of the post-album single, Hung Up. Which is... Don't... We've got to get through this. We've got to get through this. (sighs) Alright, Paul Weller. I thought, I'm back. I'm back on track. It was like a launch pad. But I I felt I could make an even better record. Wildwood, the title track, I really liked. Sunflower was good. We made Wildwood at the Manor in Oxford in Richard Branson's old place. That inspired me. It was the first time I'd done that in that kind of residential setting. It was our little world down there. Fantastic creatively and a magic time for me. I was coming out of a period when I couldn't get arrested and now suddenly everyone was going, you're great, I've always loved your stuff. I started to listen to people I'd never listened to before. I dropped that blinkered thing I'd had as a youth where I would only listen to albums made by men with beards. <laughs> people like Crosby, Stills and Nash, Van Morrison. I'd always listened to black music in whatever shape or form. I think it did me a lot of, lot to, lot of good to see there's good and bad music and it's whatever touches you. Good segue. So, found this amazing article. I'll tee up, you knock it out. The Roots of Paul Weller. Ooh. And I thought, here we go. Go on. <laughs> you know, when I, when I do my research, you there are two it. things I want to know. Okay. What did you think of Britpop? And the background. What album? And what did you influence? Yeah. Okay. And I've got both. Oh. That's where I feel like I hit my straps. <laughs> so, influences of Paul Weller. So, he spoke really candidly on this and he said... Um, Talked about the jam, he talked about the style council, they asked him where he got influences about that, they asked him where he got influences from the soul stuff. He then reiterates what you've just said there about how he'd opened his mind. Yeah. And there are so many different influences of his, so he gave a few hours. So the first one, Wilson Pickett, In the Midnight Hour. What a song. Like, Sing it. amazing. In the midnight hour. But you can, and you, but you get it. And so he was a major mod. He said a major mod influence was soul music. And it is, because when you think, people don't see the connection, but you do, because it's the songwriting, it's the lyrics, it's the mood. I get it. And so for him, he talks a lot around Wilson Pickett in that particular song. 
He then talks about the Kinks. Okay. Yeah. I've, yeah. Right. So obviously, so the song David Watts, obviously. Yeah. Um, Doctor John, I walk on gilded splinters, which he covers. Oh. And when you listen to the first, when you listen to that original version, and you're like, wow, like, I'm just, I'm just having a massive, like, I just love Paul Weller. But <laughs> you can just see how talented he is because he takes that. And he recreates it on a solo album. And I don't know, it's such a talent. Anyway, <laughs> the Zombies, time of the season. So one of the most enigmatic, most musical British bands of the 60s. They had a real jazziness about them. The Zombies? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, and he talks around that song, so I had to listen to that. Um, that's probably not for me, but <laughs> that's okay. The next song, though. So this is interesting, so... It's The River Man by Nick Drake. Have you ever listened to Nick Drake? No. So, Nick Drake's a folk artist, and I only got into Nick Drake because of... So, Paul Weller, Wildwood, the track, there was this... I don't know if you remember, years ago, they had this um, compilation-type album series, and it was called just called Acoustic. Oh. And so, that's when I was starting to play acoustic guitar. And yeah, okay. So I bought it, and yep. while we was on it, Riverman by Nick Drake was on it and it is a stunning song Ooh. stunning song and so I looked into Nick Drake a bit more thinking I'd like some more of his songs only to find out that he was like he was dead and he oh. died at the age of 26 in 1974 26? so he was already been dead for 20 years before I even know who he is wow and so I'm like what? so basically he was a real English it's really English rooted folk music and he didn't even really come famous until he died. Um, and 26. this song is so Paul Weller's favourite Nick Drake song. Oh. It's also mine. Oh. Um, <laughs> but this guy's stunning artist. Stunning artist. Um, he then talked P.P. Arnold, Medicated Goo. So again, um, he was... Oh, I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. It's okay. difficult. But then okay. you've got Curtis Mayfield, who he's spoken about. Yes. Move move on up. And he talks about that. Then you've so got Ooh La La by the faces. Absolutely. Okay. Um, and then he talks about um, where did he discover music. So he said he discovered the magic of music with Strawberry Fields, Beatles and Penny Lane. And I'm like that. Boom. Um, Dr. Feelgood. He said when he got the jam together, Dr. Feelgood was one of the influences. And then, as I said, like the style council, like the zombies. Um, and then he also talks about Marvin Gaye in terms of the style council and the track What's Going On. Yeah. Ah, oh, it's amazing. <laughs> and one of his most favourite finds is the Fleet Foxes. Okay. Which I get because it's that rootsy kind of soulful type music. So, um, Should we pause it like this? I love it all then. So why, I remember when we were younger. Yeah. And I remember you loving Paul. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't, he wasn't necessarily one of the, the go-tos for me. But you, I, I start, and even now, when you talk about Paul Weller, you literally well up. You mm-hmm. actually get quite emotional about it. It means a lot to you. Mm-hmm. Why? Because it's stunning music. What about it? 
It's acoustic, it's soulful, it's lyrically gorgeous. He's the best solo male singer to come out of the UK. Wow. Full stop in the end, no argument, don't want to hear anymore. <laughs> I can't say the world because it's hard because there's different genres because you've got the likes of Course. Marvin Gaye and you've Course. got... You can't, I can't do that. This kind of genre of music from the UK, he, for me, his voice, it moves you. It does. It completely you moves that. you. Um, it's goosebump stuff. It is. Um, the other thing about Paul Weller is it's the whole package because he sings, he writes the songs, he writes the lyrics. They are... They can be sometimes really beautiful without becoming cheesy. Yeah. They... He... It's, I don't know, I, I just think that it's it's just beautiful music and it's hard to, you couldn't, some of his tracks are never, they're not my favourites and, and they can be a little bit jazzy or they can seem a little bit bland, but he's just such a talented musician and this album, like, Again, I got into this album after Stanley Road because it was Stanley Road that got me into Paul Weller. Yeah. And then I listened to this album and I was like, that's just... What is this? It, it's just... I don't know. I just think he's a real talent. And the way that he plays... There is no one that plays an acoustic guitar. Who can, who can write in a song and make the acoustic guitar just front and centre the way that he does? Stripped back, beautiful music. It's lovely. Well said. You've always had a soft spot for I really for do. Pop. I you just generally have. do. And it's it's lovely. It's really it's great to see. This is I mean, probably the one thing and we'll get into it in the album as well, the the writing by Paul. Oh. It's just it's 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 beautiful. It's heartbreaking at the same time. Like <sighs> personally around this time he was in a a, a marriage which and we won't go into too much about it, but th- there was some times there, it really comes through on the lyrics of this album, of just, just the troubles that he's going through. It's, it's really beautiful. Can I now tell you about his thoughts on Britpop? Of course you can, because we're about to get into the single, so let's so, go. The article starts, Paul Weller has slammed Nirvana as effing rubbish. <laughs> The outspoken changing man rocker said he felt, and I love this, Britpop period of music in Britain in the 90s, when he came back in vogue with his solo albums Wildwood and Stanley Road, was much better than the movements which immediately came before it. Okay. Blasted Nirvana, who came to an end in 94, when front, co- front man Kurt Cobain committed suicide, Paul said, you had all that shoegazing bollocks and then the whole Nirvana thing which I thought was effing rubbish it was just America catching up with punk rock 20 years effing too late for me you know (laughs) so to hear some new British guitar music was really refreshing he said that he was involved he definitely was involved in the Britpop scene and it included you know Blur Oasis Suede and he said more than any other musicians in his career which at that point spanned over 20 years of the jam and the style council so at that point in time, he's saying there are more talented British musicians than any other time of his musical career, which is amazing. He also adds, "Wow, the, this is the first time ever that I'd felt any kinship with any musicians, even though they were all probably at least 10, year, ten years younger than me. Oh, I'd agree with that. Like a lot of the um, Oasis name dropped on every, every 
you know, interview saying that he was a massive influence. And yeah, I He I, owns it. He does. He owns Britpop. <laughs> I I really like reading Paul Weller's interviews. He's really frank, he's really <laughs> honest, he's transparent. Um yeah. All good. All right. So we're gonna pause because literally after Wildwood we get Stanley Road and here I am facing the same problem as the Blue Tones last week. How's that make you feel? <laughs> Let's get into the singles. Emotional. I know, I know. Wait till we get to bloody um, Stanley Road. Singles and videos, right? So, Sunflower. Oh, for goodness sake. Number 16 in July of 1993. Look, Paul Weller's videos. Not good. They're not good. I had a couple of looks, but... They're not good. Nah. I mean, they're really... And I'm not a video person at the best of times, but that's a bit... I like a video with a story or a little bit of... Cre- These are just, like, a bit bland. But anyway, so um, Paul and the band are playing in the studio. Wildwood got to number 14, Les. Number 14. Anyway, uh, September 1993. The He plays outside at Splice with him walking around London. 13th of November 1993, we got the Weaver EP, which got to number 18. Black and White... This is this is probably the most political one. The black and white video of him and his band playing spice with military pro- mm-hmm. protests, refugees, all that kind of thing. And then you get hung up, which got to number eleven. It's a higher than Wildwood. The band are playing in a church graveyard. Beautiful summer's day. It's gorgeous, but they're playing. Around. It's just it's it's a nice video. It's just unusual. Shall we get into the track? You ready? You ready for this? <sighs> How you feeling? We are not going to see right tonight. We are really late. Yeah, we will. All right. Sunflower kicks off the album. How do you feel about it? <laughs> what an amazing song. Where I had to do my first top ten. You know my top ten? Yeah. I picked Changing Man. You picked Changing no, Man. No, but I did, I did, I did. Because I still think it fits the criteria better. But this is a... Whoa. This, this is one of the best songs on the album. This just kicks it off. It's a great song. And I miss you so. It's his voice. I'm afraid to say why. Oh, because I miss you so. <laughs> I do. Boop, boop, boop. boop, boop. Love it. I absolutely love it. <laughs> I really like that when you like take over because I'm like I'm just reading the lyrics and the lyrics are lovely but it's much more much more personal when you sing it. Um, it's a it's an amazing song. It's it's a great song. It's a great introduction to an album. It's one of my favourite Paul Weller songs because it's just so great. Uh, really sad song though. Like in terms of the I lyrics, know. it's so sad. Along winding roads we walked hand in hand, and how long for that sharp wind to take my breath away again? again. Through your fingers, through your hair, sunshine on my fields, we run through, and I run through, but I miss you so. Let's play it. Oh, darling, I miss you so. We're playing it. Okay. Can you heal us? Can you heal us all, man? Yeah, I love it too. It's a good song. I think this is, um, it's a good song. Different tempo. It's really 
Yeah, very. Mm. It's very different. I didn't pick up on the the religious tones. Obviously, mm. the title is there, but I. You get the kind of gospel bit, don't yeah, you? It's yeah, it's really full yeah. on. Great deep bass line here. Um, Daddy, don't weep. Mama, don't cry. Every fear must have its time. Don't be so sad. Don't be blue. Pray for me. I'll do the same. Can you bring the hand of God? Can you stop the killing? Get us back to hope and love. Never more be needed. Uh, it's great writing. It's really bad. I had no idea. I wish we were going to see Paul Weller. <laughs> <laughs> or not. No. Wildwood. <sighs> I've literally put just... Gorgeous is my like. Um, how do you how do you talk about that song? Let me try. Okay, let me be articulate. Let's see if I can. This track is one of the most beautiful acoustic tracks ever written, ever recorded, ever made, and it lyrically, musically, just the big like that. That beginning hook of the acoustic guitar at the beginning just sets the whole scene for this track. I couldn't love this song anymore, even if I tried. I have to limit myself to the amount I oh, listen to this. this. One of the songs. Up there with Unfinished Sympathy yeah. because I never want to get sick of this. Yeah, yeah. I never want to get because this track, it is. In my musical journey when I was starting to really fall in love with music and you're finding your feet and you're a teenager and you've got your head spinning with all these different things, this is one of the tracks that will always, 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 always be pivotal in my life. Wow. And it's stunning. That's incredible. And I love it. It's beautiful I never because I can see it. how passionate you're getting as well. I like I want to give you a big hug. And, uh, so Paul said, I was trying to write a modern day folk song in the true sense of the term. When I play this live, I can tell it means a lot to people. They sometimes take the words from me and raise the roof. The wood becomes a metaphor for life in the city, the tides of people and the boom of the traffic. Did you know Portishead did a cover of this? Yes. Did you listen to it? Yes. I don't mind it. It's good. It's missing her vocals. Yeah. That's the only piece I can... It's it's great because it has that Portishead sound. It's got... Like the, and the guitar, yeah. haunting guitar, but it's just missing. Haunting is the word that that song is. It's just missing the, the her beautiful vocals. Mid afternoon, people fly by, and the traffic's moving. No wind, just where you're going. <sighs> Wildwood. Climbing for a Find your way out. Of the wild, wild wood. Now there's no justice. Now you come back into instrumentals. No. no, no, hold on, hold on, stay with me now. There's a few instrumentals on this album. Oh no. To break, uh, look, my feel on this, I like a good little, I like a l- little good instrumental, I like to break up the album. And these are short. These are like one or two minutes I'm each. I'm not a fan of them. Why don't you like them? You can't take me on a journey on something like Wildwood. Don't you need a break? You've nah. just been through... Like, you you almost cried, right? You're emotional. You know, you get in the, And then there's just this little melody that breaks I up. I want plinkety-plongety. I want to keep on the journey. 
I like this. I think it's a really nice interlude, which is the instrumental part. I mean, one. they're nice, but I don't like them. All the pictures on the wall then. <gasps> remind me to remind me of it all. Bum, bum, bum. Ding, 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 ding. Bum, bum, bum. Get in there, we live. Oh. Love it. Just love it. Don't you love it? And now I'll have nothing left to give. There was a time I really loved you. But when was that? I just can't say. <laughs> I just honestly, I love this. All the pictures on the wall serve only to remind me of it all. Oh. <laughs> How are you gonna, what do you do with that? So I am going to guess. He's so, do you know what makes him such a great songwriter? It's so, it's so simple and it's so poignant and it's easy. Okay. It's not like, um, they're not elaborate. No. It's just bang. Yeah. Hits you right between the eyes. It does. Those two words, those two lines. Imagine if somebody said that to you. Yeah. Somebody's walked out your life or there's somebody not there or it reminds you of something. It's a really, it's a really emotional song. This one, it's so really beautiful. I'm guessing it's about the emotional roller coaster he's going through in his relationship and what what comes out of that. It's imagine, just imagine your life, and everyone in their house right now has pictures on the wall, probably of people that are either in their house or mean something to them. Imagine walking into that house, looking at the pictures, and those people are no longer there. That's what that does, and every single time. That's hard. That's hard, right? Oh. Oh. You've got pictures on your wall. I've got pictures on my wall. Of course wall. everybody it's, does. Oh, God. Who doesn't? And, and that's I, what makes it such strong writing because every, name me someone that can relate to that. Yeah, true. Okay. Playing it? Yeah. Has my fire really gone out? Not one of my favourites. I've got. I like I'll, it. I'll, it's a really good guitar solo. There are no here. bad songs on this album. Okay. I, I, yeah. Okay. I'm not. This is. This is. This is one that I would not skip, but I would let play yeah, out. Yes, I'm, I'm the same. It doesn't. It doesn't really stand out. A lot of words with, with no one talking. I don't want no part of that. Something real is what I'm seeking. One clear voice in the wilderness. There's a very, I didn't realise this, but when you go through the album, there's a really clear theme that there's just, oh, I can't really talk about it, but there's just, Paul is, is, is in trouble emotionally and he's trying to find a way out of that. And it's, it's, he's got such a great way of writing it. Country. How do you feel about this? This is a strange one for me because it's kind of, this one seems a little bit spiritually Country, I don't know. There's, there's a different vibe about this song. Okay. I don't skip it. No. It's not one of my favourites. It's a different. It's got a different vibe to it. I don't know how to explain it. I think it's a really touching song. No, it is. I think it's. A, I think it's hope. Like it's a song around hope of finding love. Um, it's also around that special place that you can, like, you have memories about being someone somewhere with a special someone, and I think that's what this kind of song is around. I know a place not far from here where life's sweet perfume fills the air. And if you want, I'll take you there. If you want, I'll take you there. It's oh, no. so nice. Oh, no. Let's play this. Yeah. 
we'll find the time and lose the discontent we feel that we Instrumental two? No. <laughs> fifth season. So, uh, fifth season, I like this. Yeah. Needed something a bit uptight. This is quite rocky, actually. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, it picks itself back up. Nice chorus here, too. Paul's... We haven't touched on Paul's vocals. Like, so he's a great guitar player. It's a given. His voice... is Velvet. It, it is stunning. It is stunning. It's the best male vocalist. I'm, I'm telling you right now, there is... It moves you. It just moves you. I mean, you, I can't... It's just such a beautiful, beautiful voice. And it is like... I don't know. I, it's His voice makes a lot of the tracks. Oh, like, by far. So we talk a lot around Britpop, and this is what's funny about Britpop, is I sometimes like Britpop songs in spite of the vocalist. Mm-hmm. I love Paul Weller because of yeah, the okay. vocalist. Yeah, that makes sense. Like Ian Brown, even Liam. This... His vocals, you couldn't have Ian Brown sing Wildwood and it be the same. I think that's a given. But it's but it's just such a cute... And his vocals Smooth. don't really come out until he's a solo artist. Because he sings in the jam and he sings in the style council. Yeah, you don't get this. You don't get but this. But you don't get it. No, you don't. All right, fifth season, let's play. The Weaver. Love the Weaver. It's a classic, right? It's oh. a classic. Do you remember it? Let's so sing it. No, I don't. I can't. Will you hear the scar that's on oh. The years been wasted The tears spent of the past Just filling spaces Or is love forever gone Banished to a smaller part Hide behind your wall and start To get to the very heart It's just It's it's heartbreaking It's just heartbreakingly good Alright Weaver Show your mind up And get your hand to another Back to an instrumental. No. <laughs> Just move on. Foot of the mountain. <laughs> it's such a long way to climb. It's up there for the best song on this album. Really? This has got to be. This song is one of the other reasons I just really wanted to play the guitar. This to me is acoustic. This is how an acoustic guitar should sound. This is how, like, this song is perfection. Oh, it's so nice. Like mercury gliding, silver treetop that pours, and I can hold on through my fingers she falls. (laughs) At the foot of the mountain, such a long way to climb. How will I ever get up there? But I know I must try. Oh baby, baby, would you let me ride? It is good. Oh it god, is so good. One of the best songs in this album. All right, let's play it. 
Take me up on your sailboat ride Come on now and jump around your side But she slips away Shadow of the Sun. Oh, beautiful. It's just like knockout punches, isn't it? I can't just do this anymore. Um, I read, uh, so I was sort of researching this, and I, I songmeanings.com tells me a little bit of the background. But anyway, Mr. Grumble pops up in a lot of songmeanings.com stuff. He's hilarious. Mr. Grumble, this may be Pet Weller's greatest hour for me. It's an epic song. The passing of time is one of Weller's most written about things. In this song, it's mixed with it's mixed in with lost love, which creates the most perfect reflective song. Great guitar solo as well. It's <sighs> so nice, so nice. It is sad though. Like I had no idea the sadness behind this this album. Playing it, yeah. Holy Man Reprise. Another instrumental. You're not a fan. No. I did like this, though. I actually really I d- The it. thing is, I just want to preface the fact that I, do, I don't dislike his instrumentals because he's a talented musician. I'm just not sure what the purpose is. They're not for me. It's like, you know how I don't... There are certain things I don't like. People doing DJ sets. <laughs> Sorry, who are we going to see tonight? Yeah. Andy Maybe Bell we might make that, right. but... Um, <laughs> We're not going to make the cake. <laughs> we might make that. But it could be... But no, like, you know, the Chemical Brothers, DJ set, that's the same bracket for me. I don't want as you... As a band doing an instrumental? Because Med- I don't want it. I don't care. Tough crowd. Okay. Moon on your pyjamas. The moon on your pajamas. That's more style counselly. That kind that of. That is a, You are a hundred percent right. I'm not a massive fan. No, of this. neither am I actually. But I don't dislike it. But it's far more this style. Yeah. Uh, um, I yeah no. So this is this. Paul wrote this. He wrote it for his son's fifth birthday. Oh. I managed to sing it on American radio on the same day as his birthday. It was like me sending a message directly to him. Did he appreciate it? He will. He'll get the sentiment when he's had his own children. Oh, oh! I mean, that is that is heartbreakingly nice. <laughs> the song's not that good, though. Right. So moving on, the finale. Hung up. All right. So we will play this to take us out of the episode. Hung up, Les. Oh, what do you think? Is this not a final hurrah? No, it's not a hurrah. But it is a lovely song. What do you mean? It's not a hurrah. I need you to it? tell me why it isn't. Doesn't have the what? Oh, we're just going to attack. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? So, hang up. Hang up is a, is an amazing song. It's, I think it's only like two and a half minutes long, though. It's a really short song. Well, why do you like it? You're looking at me as if you want to kill me right I now. I really do. Lovely, great song, Mister Grumble. This is about Weller getting his career back on track along with his passion for music during the mid-90s. The lyrics, extraordinary, trying to seize the war Extraordinary, trying to read the forest sign. Ooh. Some ways I can't remember where. I'm not doing it. I find it just by coincidence. 
And now I'm all hung up again. Oh, oh. Why is that not a hurrah? It's not a hurrah. It's not a hurrah. It's just a really nice end to the album, though. We've talked about this. If you don't get this by episode whatever 35 we're at now, you're never going to get it. Um, I do really like this song, though. I really enjoy this song. It's lovely. We'll play it to take us out of the album. Right. Should we talk about reviews? Yeah. Okay. If there's anyone here that sleeps this. I've got a two and a half out of five. Gage Boulevard. (laughs) A certain strain of British classic rockers, i.e. Steve Winwood, Moody Blues and Eric Clapton, made themselves more AC-fied and blue-eyed soul-tinged in the late 80s, 90s. This probably shouldn't have happened to someone from the new wave generation, especially so quickly, but here we are. I guess it has to do with the shameless idol idol worship Weller always has showed in the jam. This album would also oddly fit nicely in with a record collection featuring Ben Harper, Hoodie and the Blowfish, Black Crows and Dave Matthews. Dave Matthews. Thoughts? Moving on. Pop Hill. Dave Matthews. <laughs> Dave Matthews. I got a funny story, right? Um, I was dating That's a- an insult. Who is that clown? I was dating a girl and she went, my favourite band is Dave Matthews. Never heard of them. Oh, you tell them. Never you heard hate- of them. Well, I would, no. I wish I'd have been there. I went to the concert in Sydney and I was seriously like, what the hell is this? Like, what? It was, it, Admit it, you preferred when you came to see Missy Higgins and me, didn't you? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, right. Pop Hill 3 out of 5. So this is the best Paul Weller album according to most people, right? Well, Wild, Wildwood has a pastoral vibe that makes it more enjoyable than anything by the Style Council and mm-hmm. Paul, Paul Weller himself willingly conceded at the time that he felt renewed both as a singer and a songwriter. Having said that, let's be honest, the Jam's youthful, energetic records were far more exciting, even though the second adult stage in Paul Weller's career augured better than the first one with the Style Council. It's a very personal opinion, though. I got this one out of five, right? Brother Zoot, welcome to your Carlsberg years. I have no idea what that means. What's, the, what's that hook line for, like, um, probably the best, you know, it's like probably the best in the world? I don't know. Yeah. That is Carlsberg, isn't it? Right? Mm. Five out of five, Gorshin. This is a stunning album, very consistent with a clear vision, top-notch musically and good variety. Top marks and gold stars all round. <laughs> The Mod Fathers Tour de Force, Weller Reborn and his best solo album. Leptard, 5 out of 5. The beginning of the new Paul Weller. New moods, new sounds and new styles from the form Jam, Jam Style Council Leading Light. A lot more personal and intimate with a greater compositional and melodic sense. So Les, this is the best Paul Weller album. Oh no. No. Why not? It's a really tough one. And I know probably when we think of ratings, I really doubt there was much light between two of them. Can I... I'll give you my thoughts. And I'm not jumping the gun in case this is obviously another episode. Musically, Wildwood is an absolutely stunning album. I got into Wildwood after 
Stanley Road. Stanley Road has massive amounts of emotional attachment for me. And I would have always scored that higher for that reason. Because music, regardless of how great it is, and you know my thoughts on this, has to touch you and has to have emotion behind it. And Stanley Road will always be a more special album to me. Yeah. Personally. Yeah. Than Wildwood. Because I didn't even know Wildwood existed until I'd listened to, to Stanley point. Road. All right. So, but musically, if I was to judge them now. Yep. I'd probably go back to Wildwood more. No way! For a whole album. There are better tracks on Stanley Road. Okay. I'll cut you off there, right? Because we're going to talk about Stanley Road. But where? Okay, so we're in the same boat now. We've got the Blue Tones. We've got Paul Weller. What do you think you gave this album? Eight. Eight out of ten is bang on. Yeah. What do you think I gave? Oh, less than me. Seven and a half. I gave it an eight, Leslie. Oh, did you? got to remember, I gave his last album an eight, which I don't know how that happened. Paul Weller, paulweller.com, and he's on Twitter at paulwellerhq. He's not touring. Is this my highest rating to date on a Britpop album? I reckon it is. I reckon it is. I would have to be, right? It's Paul Weller. Um, next week. Oh, I can't wait to talk about next week. I cannot wait. Because I reckon this will be polarising, because I think people will go, what? But also, for me and you, this is a big band, right? So I'm going to say... Me and you, 17 years old, in the common room, cassette player in the corner. There was a, a tape that was constantly, con- literally constantly on. Um, That's 22 years ago. Oh, for good. Don't tell me that. It was obviously, so I'll paint a picture. It was always, Oasis definitely maybe was always on. That was one of the tapes we had that was, that was banging on about. What was the other one? Mother Superior, give me a sign. Hurricane number one. It was Hurricane number one. So we're doing that song reminds me of school. That song. That is it, right? It's such a popular album for us as kids. So is it popular with everyone else? Probably. Does it resonate? Answers on a postcard. (laughs) Probably not. Hurricane number one's original debut album. We are going to cover Andy Bell. To left, right, to be in Hurricane Number One, we're literally leaving now to go and see Andy Bell and ride. Insane, right? Insane. You couldn't even make it up. Hurry! <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to talk about Hurricane Number One. I'm genuinely really excited about this. I listened to this album last week and I was like, "This is a brilliant album." So if you don't know who the hell we're talking about, I can't wait to share them with you. Same. Should we go? Yeah. Thank you, that was good. I really enjoyed that. Congratulations on 10,000 downloads. Woohoo, we did it! Love you, well done. Bye.